What up, Cavs Nation? I'm your host, Ethan Sands, and I'm back with another episode of the Wine and Gold Talk podcast. It's a solo dolo episode today as the Cavs travel back to Cleveland from Washington, D.C. after their matchup with the Wizards on Sunday. On the schedule, the nine-win Wizards never looked to pose too much of a threat but they definitely gave the Cavs a scare on Sunday. They led for nearly 19 minutes and got their lead up to 10 points at one point in the contest. The Cavs' game plan was pretty straightforward out of the gate, as they wanted to attack the paint and take advantage of the interior mismatches that Evan Mobley and Jared Allen had on the offensive end. They both ended up scoring over 20 points, and Jared tallied another double-double with 12 rebounds as well. But in the same conversation, Kyle Kuzma, who the Cavs were targeting on the offensive end, was getting his own buckets when he had the ball in his hands. He was the second highest scorer in the game with 27 points behind his own teammate in Jordan Poole, who exploded for a season-high 31 points, including six three-pointers. Jordan Poole was recently sent to the bench for the Wizards after struggling for a majority of the season. In the last matchup against the Cavs earlier in February, he had zero points in 25 minutes. And before Sunday's game, he had combined for just 10 points over three games against the Cavs. It's been interesting to see the roller coaster that has been Jordan Poole's season and honestly his career at this point. In his rookie season, he shot 33% from the field and 28% from three-point range. In his second season, he improved to 43% and 35% respectively. In his third year, he helped the Warriors win a championship. It was gaining the narrative as the third Splash Brother. In his fourth season, he was punched by Draymond Green, and that seems to have been the turning point as he was traded soon after and now is benched on a nine-win Wizards team. And the thought entering the season was that he'd get more offensive freedom to lead and would potentially average 20 or more points per game. He's sitting at just over 15 points with 15.8 points per game. And if Shaq and a fool was still a thing, you'd see Jordan Poole on there a good amount for some of the plays he's had this season. But Sunday was a shimmer of hope for the 24-year-old guard who still has a lot of his career ahead of him and a ton of his story to write. So I would say you can't write him off just yet because clearly he's still a skilled player who can put up big numbers, especially against one of the best defensive teams in the league. But let's shift to that because the Cavs haven't been playing well as of late. And we can say that the All-Star break broke their flow and not having Donovan Mitchell in their last two games that they lost was a big factor. But this team has faced adversity with injuries so much this season that it's hard for me to give them any excuses anymore. They figured it out once, they should be able to figure it out again. The team has proved that it can be successful even with the bench unit as starters and without two of their key players for over a month. Not to mention that Donovan was out for parts of that stretch as well. I have to be fair though and admit that the Cavs are a completely different team with and without Donovan Mitchell on the floor. And on Sunday, Donovan wasn't himself. After the illness that had him sidelined for the last two games, saw him lose six 
pounds after the All-Star break. Although the Cavs are 6-5 and five without Donovan, they're worse off in almost every statistical category. And as Chris and I have mentioned in previous podcasts, it's not only the stats, but also the energy he brings to the table on a nightly basis and the confidence that he instills in his teammates. Donovan Mitchell scored just 16 points on Sunday, which was just the fifth time this season he scored under 20 points in a game. But the Cavs improved to 31 and 14 with him in the lineup. And although Donovan wasn't himself as he came off of the illness, his teammates stepped up for him. Four of the five starters clocked in double digits scoring, and Karis Levert cracked double digits as well with 18 points while tallying 12 rebounds. Max Struess had a wrap on his right knee and was even seen using a bike to stay warm and only played 27 minutes, but still was impactful even though he didn't reach double-digit scoring. But the fourth quarter has been a battle for the Cavs all season, and with the team knowing that its star player was out there more as a decoy, they turned to Darius Garland to give them the edge. Darius is coming off a fractured jaw that saw him lose 14 pounds, but he's worked his way back to where he wants to be physically, but his game is still adapting to the style that the Cavs created in his and Evan Mobley's absence. But on Sunday, they needed him to take over, and after Jordan Poole led a 14-0 run for the Wizards in the fourth quarter, Darius hit back-to-back three-pointers to silence the DC crowd and pull the Cavs back within even. 10 of Darius's 17 points came in the fourth quarter. Although Donovan Mitchell classified the win as a disappointment and even a step backwards, the Cavs were on a two-game losing streak entering Sunday and will take a win to learn from rather than a loss, especially with a tough schedule continuing ahead. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, but I got to put our subscribers on to something new. For our listeners, if you like food and drinks, and who doesn't, Cleveland.com is breaking new ground with our lively new podcast about dining and drinking in the greater Cleveland area. The hosts talk about the latest foodie happenings, joined by the most in-the-know experts in town. It's called Dine, Drink, CLE, and you can find it anywhere you download podcasts. Give it a listen, quench your thirst, and feed that appetite. When we come back to the Wine and Gold Talk podcast, I'm going to discuss why you can't count Darius Garland out just yet and the schedule coming up for the Cavs. But before then, become a Cavs insider and interact with me and Chris by subscribing to Subtext. Sign up for a 14-day free trial or visit cleveland.com backslash Cavs and click on the blue bar at the top of the page. If you don't like it, that's fine. All you have to do is text the word stop. It's easy, but we can tell you that the people who sign up stick around because this is the best way to get insider coverage on the Cavs from Chris and myself. I'll be right back. All right, I'm back. There's been a lot of backlash on social media for the way that Darius Garland has played this year, especially after getting the franchise's highest paid contract in history. To be frank, it's understandable that people are upset, but you can't take it too far. The 24-year-old, as I mentioned with Jordan Poole earlier in this podcast, has a lot of talent and is figuring out a system that changed in the month and some change that he was out with a fractured jaw. Not only did his world change when Donovan Mitchell came to Cleveland, but now the game plan that he had adjusted to at the beginning of the season has also shifted. 
But when the Cavs needed him on Sunday, with their closer and Donovan Mitchell basically out of commission, Darius showed up and led the team to a 9-1 run that would ultimately be the turning point in a game that seemingly felt like it could have swung either way for a majority of the game. And we talk a lot about leadership and accountability on this podcast for this team because in the series in last year's first round playoff exit against the Knicks, it seemed like they lacked the ability to be honest with each other about what needed to change or happen to turn the series around. This season, it's been about knowing what and who they have on this roster, the success they've had, and the confidence that a couple poor performances should not be the end of the world because they understand what they've been able to overcome this year already, and they have the ability to be real with one another and make adjustments on the fly. Donovan Mitchell made that extremely clear after Sunday's game as he discussed how fans have been disingenuous towards Darius Garland, who has dealt with a lot this year. Let me read you Donovan's direct quote about Darius. Quote, At the end of the day, he is going to be there for us, understanding that come playoffs, come whenever, we need him. He knows that. He's continuing to build. We have all the confidence in the world in him. But the way people have been talking is effing ridiculous. The kid has done a lot here, and for it to be devalued all for a few games is complete BS. It's not fair to him. He's done so much for us as a team, unquote. I think Donovan continues to show what kind of leader he is for this team and not only vouching for his teammates like he has publicly for Jared Allen, Sam Merrill, Isaac Okoro, and others, but also protecting his guys from ill statements and waiting for the right moments to voice his opinion to the media, knowing that his voice holds weight around the league due to his star status. But more than that, he's right. Darius Garland is in the top 10 for assists and three-pointers made in Cavs franchise history. And he's just in his fifth season in the NBA at 24 years old. Sure, he might not be as mature as you might want him to be, but let's think about this. His frontal lobe isn't even fully developed yet and won't be until next January. And hopefully, with more postseason experience this year, his experience will increase his maturity as well. But fans also have to remember, the looseness of how Darius plays is a large part of why you guys enjoy watching him play. Because he's always having fun, always smiling, and more than not, he's also making winning plays while doing it. He brings an excitement to the game that can't be quantified in the stat sheet. And Sunday's game might be the turning point for Darius to get back to being himself and proving to himself that he can continue to progress even if he has struggled. If you remember earlier in the season, Darius was one of the leaders in turnovers in the league. When he came back, he was pressured to make sure that he was continuing to progress in that aspect while adjusting to the new system that he was being added to. Darius has had a lot thrown at him this year. And to see a 24-year-old continue to adjust with no ill complaints and only a positive attitude should be a plus in every category for the Cavs fandom. And not to mention, the Cavs get a good test of how he's going to play as they return to Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse with good competition on its way on Tuesday as they host the Dallas Mavericks and Kyrie Irving, who hasn't been to Cleveland since 2022 when he was on the Brooklyn Nets.
We're going to dedicate an entire podcast to Kyrie's return on Tuesday, so look out for a poll for the podcast on our subtext platform. But the Mavericks have won seven of their last eight games, and with the backcourt of Kyrie and Luka Doncic, it'll definitely be a challenge for the Cavs' undersized backcourt, but it'll be fun to see Donovan and Kyrie go head-to-head, especially if Donovan is back to full strength. If you remember the last time the Cavs and Dallas met up in Dallas, it was a phenomenon. That was a showcasing of who the Cavs could be. They were able to come from behind without Donovan Mitchell, without Darius Garland, without Evan Mobley, and defeat a Luka Doncic-led Dallas Mavericks. We also do have to note that Kyrie Irving was out for that game as well. But with both teams nearly fully healthy, it'll be a good test for the Cavs to go up against the Dallas Mavericks, who have shown the ability to compete with nearly anybody in this league. And then the Cavs play the Bulls to close out February before a rough March schedule. That sees them play the Knicks, Celtics, Timberwolves, Suns, Pelicans, Pacers, Heat, 76ers, and Nuggets over a 17-game stretch. We have said all year that the regular season doesn't define the Cavs. The playoffs do. But this next month, currently in the second seed and just a game ahead of the third-seeded Bucks, will more than likely determine how close they are to a playoff spot and a play-in tournament spot by the end of March and into the final seven games of the regular season in April. With that being said, that'll wrap up today's episode of the Wine and Gold Talk podcast. But remember to become a Cavs insider and interact with Chris and me by subscribing to Subtext. Sign up for our 14-day free trial or visit cleveland.com backslash Cavs and click on the blue bar at the top of the page. If you don't like it, that's fine. All you have to do is text the word stop. It's easy, but we can tell you that the people who sign up stick around because this is the best way to get insider coverage on the Cavs from me and Chris. This isn't just our podcast, it's your podcast. And the only way to have your voice heard is through subtext. Y'all be safe. We out.